Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, the highlight of my day is every morning my son wakes up and I hear this laughter coming from his bedroom. And I hear this giggling and I hear this gooing and I hear this squealing. And it happens every morning. I know he's awake because he is just in his room. He's got a little sleep sack on, they call it, a little sleep thing here to put him in. And his arms are up like this. Um, he looks like a little wing bat, this little on his back. And he, on, on his wall is a painting of a bear, a big bear, and a little bear on its back. And the scripture is, um, I will carry you, um, I'll always carry you or something. And he lays there looking at that. And he just thinks it's the best thing ever. And he, and he sits there and he's a little boy who's just full of joy. And he just giggles and laughs and smiles. And we have him on our little monitor. We have a camera in his room. And we have a monitor. And we just watch him having the time of his life. He doesn't need anybody with him. He is just stoked on life all the time, kicking his legs. He, like, that boy can kick his legs so high. It's just amazing. His arms are flapping around. And he'll do that for a good 40 minutes. And then we'll put him to bed through the day because newborns sleep a lot. And he'll whinge a bit when he goes to sleep because he's very social. But then we know he wakes up because we hear this laughter coming from his bedroom. He's only three and a half months. We've been told a lot of babies wake up crying at that age. He wakes up laughing. And the highlight for me, though, is that in the morning when I can't wait till, because I'll wake up earlier, and then I, I wait for him to wake up. Because every morning we have morning chats. And what that is, is I, I will hear him, and I'm like, Charlie, is it all right? can I get him now? Because she she, she's a schedule holder. I said, okay, can I get him? Yep. I'm like, yes. So, so I jump up. I'll go in. I'll open his curtains. He'll... But, but before that, I walk in, and the biggest gummy smile on his face, like, Daddy's in the room. Like, and then he would just sit there going, oh, this is so good, Daddy, you picked me up. And he just starts kicking, and he's so excited because his dad has just entered the room. And it's the highlight. Then I'll pick him up, and I'll always give him a kiss on the cheek, on my shoulder, um, go through. Sally's always somewhere, our big Newfoundland dog, and I'll get him, and I'll hold him down so she'll go and say hi to him first so she can, and then, and then go over. And then I'll walk in the room and Charlie will be in bed and he'll just be there just watching like, hey, mum, hey, I'm here. <laughs> and then I put him on the pillow, on my pillow, and I kind of lay in front of him and we just have a big chat. And our chat consists of me going, goo, agoo, and he go, him going, agoo, and then me going, oh, him going, oh. <laughs> And then once he gets bored of that, I'll, I'll make him dance with his arms and his legs, and he likes that. And then, and then now his latest thing is he'll start trying to sit up. So I'll let him grab my fingers, and I'll pull him forward, and he'll sit there. Like, just, I am so good. I'm holding myself up. This giant bobble head I'm trying to keep up right now. But, you know, I'm just, and we're just like, you're doing so good. And then what I say to him is it's time to go to the farm. Speaking of Nonny and Poppers, pop, pop, Poppy, Poppy and Nonna's farm, who are my, my parents-in-law, and I say, let's go to the Thorpe farm. 
So I get his legs and I go, come on, let's go. Run, 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 run. And his legs are like, oh, and he just loves it. And then I say, what animals have we seen at the farm today? Is there a rooster? And he gets his smile and I go, cock-a-doodle-doo. And he goes, ooh. Is there a cow? Moo. Moo. Like he doesn't do moo, but he's like, ugh. And then I'm like, oh, no, there's a snake. I'm like, Mr. Snake. And I do that over his face. And he's just like, oh, the snake. And I go through all these animals, and then at the end I say, oh, do you see Nonna? Praise the Lord. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and he loves that. He loves that. And if you know Kathy, that's pretty much how she sounds. <clears throat> pretty close. <laughs> and we do this every day from 8 to 8.30, basically. Or, and then we do it every night from five, quarter past five to quarter to six. The same thing every night, and it's a highlight of my day. And I, and, I, and I love it because I get to see the joy in him. I get to see the Father heart of God in him. I get to see he's just gooing or smiling with no teeth, you know. He's, you know doesn't, he's, but it's enough for me. I'm so overjoyed with love for him. And I feel like God is saying to me and to us, that's how I feel about you. When you wake up in the morning and you're there with your gummy smile, he is there going, I'm here. I can't wait to pick you up today. I can't wait to, to carry you. I can't wait to have a chat with you. I can't wait. And half of our chat is probably us just gooing. <laughs> and God isn't going, oh, and he's not angry. His heart is full of delight for you. And it's because he sees himself in you. He sees his son in you. I'm starting to see myself in my son. For the first few couple of months, I was like, who is his dad? Like, it looks nothing like me. I'm like, what? This is so, is he picking up the wrong baby? Like, is this, literally, I was like, but now I start, my mum gave me some baby photos when I was his age, and I'm like, I can start to see some of the similarities. You see, you start to see yourself. I start to see myself in him. My heart gets just full of joy. And I just want to speak that truth over us this morning is that, and over our city that God looks and he has a heart of joy. Yeah. His joy is so great that he sent his son to pay the price for us, to die on the cross for us, because he could see the joy. And the Bible says that Christ could see the joy set before him. He could see the people. He could see the freedom. He could see the life. He could see the goodness. He could see the, just the atmosphere of heaven. He could see it. And this morning, I just want to just declare over you, I'm going to pray right now, that God's atmosphere will just cover you, the, the joy of God. So, Father, right now, I pray over these amazing people and those at home and those who are away today. I pray your joy. I pray your love. I pray, Lord, your delight. We just overwhelm people. Lord, where there's been loud noise and loud discouragements, I pray just for a, a, the peace of God to come, the peace and the joy of God to come. Father, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for life. We thank you for your love. And we honor you this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Last week we've done communion together. And today we're going to do something at the end a little bit different too. But I wanted to speak for a couple of minutes about Thanksgiving is my worship. Yeah, we're talking about our worship series. Thanksgiving is my worship. I'm going to give you a definition of Thanksgiving. The act of giving thanks 
grateful acknowledgement of benefits or favours, especially to God, an expression of thanks, especially to God, a public, decor- a public celebration in acknowledgement of divine favour or kindness. A public celebration in acknowledgement of divine favour or kindness. This morning, I just want to encourage us around the theme of being people who have thankful hearts. And you know, if you've been in our church for a while, I've spoken thankfulness a number of times, and I always will, because I believe in the power of thankfulness. Growing up, um, and even now, I was, um, I've been so blessed. My parents um, were pastors, our previous pastors in our church here. And one thing I realized um, with my parents, especially my dad, is that he'll be, like, he'll be there washing up or cooking in the kitchen, and then you'll randomly hear him say, thank you, Jesus. You're driving along in the car, and we're just having a chat. Then he'll stop and go, thank you, Jesus. And it wasn't a religious moment for him. It was a moment of him acknowledging the goodness of God in his life. And I always listened to that. I always watched that. And I always respected and still do that because I understand that to be someone who is thankful, to be someone who acknowledges God, which is what thankfulness is, it's stopping and acknowledging the goodness of God in our lives. We actually cause our hearts to be postured towards him who wants a heart postured towards God I want my heart not to be facing my circumstance or the cares of the world I want it to be facing fixing my eyes on Jesus and what thankfulness does or thanksgiving does is if you live a life of thanksgiving you are consistently causing your focus to go from your worldly situation to him. And we do that every time we stop and acknowledge the goodness of God. Today I just want to speak about a few things that happen when we're thankful, but I want to premise it with this, is that a happy person is a thankful person. If you want to be happier in life, Be more thankful. One of the quickest ways to kill a victim mentality is to be thankful. One of the quickest ways to kill a familiarity is to be thankful. Even in marriage, it's easy for me to be familiar with my wife in terms of treat her just as just common. But when I stop and actually... And thankful for her, it causes me to honour the goodness of God in my life by honouring what he's placed in my life. I've seen it in church over the years. People start coming to church sometimes and they, oh, I'm so excited to be here and they love it and people meet Jesus and they are so excited. Fast forward 5, 10, 15 years, critical. (laughs) It's like church is now my right, not my privilege. Because I've lost the ability to be thankful. You see, thankfulness causes us to remember that God is in our midst. God is in your family. God is in your workplace. God is in your kids. He's moving. If we're stopping and being thankful, even in the midst of the storm, if we're thankful, the storm becomes a ride, a joy ride, because we know God's in control. 
Why could Jesus sleep in the bow or the, or the, the, the bottom of the ship, of the boat, when the storm was happening and the disciples were freaking out? Jesus slept. It's because he knew who his father was. He knew where he was going. The same storm that someone thought was going to kill them, Jesus felt was rocking him to sleep. Is your storm right now about to kill you? Or is it actually the very thing that's rocking you to sleep? Is the very thing that's robbing you of your rest actually the very thing that's going to cause you to rest? How amazing is that? This is what worship does and thanksgiving does. It causes us to go, you know what? To them, the storm looks like it's going to kill us. To me, these waves are incredible. Thank you for the waves. Thank you for creation. Thank you for the boat that's holding us. Thank you for the rocking motion. I'm just going to rock myself to sleep right now. I'm just going to enjoy this. This is great. Disciples, they're freaking out, trying to row, trying to... And then they're upset. Jesus, what are you doing? Chill out, Peter. Peter says, but I'm a fisherman, I know. Peter says, I'm an expert. I know, this is my industry. This is my, I've done the studies, Jesus. I've lived the life, Jesus. I am a fisherman. This is what I do. I know what storms do to boats. And Jesus says, chill out. (laughs) Chill out, Peter. You think you're the professional. But do you know who my father is? And that's the power of thanksgiving. How cool is that? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 107, 107. Psalm 107. Verse 1 says this. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. Amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. So the first thought is this, and it's very simple, but it's very profound. Thankfulness reminds us of God's goodness. Thankfulness reminds us of his goodness. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. His love doesn't stop. There's nothing that can stop it. It goes on and on. I'm going to give thanks and declare it, for his love endures. Number two, if you got, again, Psalms 145, verse 7. Psalm 145, 7. It says this. It says, They shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and will shout joyfully of your righteousness. They shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and will shout joyfully of your righteousness. Shouting joyfully of his righteousness is thanksgiving. So the second thought is this. Thankfulness helps us focus on what God is doing, not what he's not doing. We shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and shout joyfully. Thankfulness helps us focus on what God is doing, not what he's not doing. And so often in life, we're challenged because what happens is we're focused on what God's not doing. God, why aren't you stopping corona? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And God says, stop, what am I doing? 
Do you know that God is never late? Do you know that God is never taken off guard or surprised? <laughs> we are surprised and we think he is surprised. He's not. And thankfulness says, let's actually focus on what he is doing, not on what he's not doing. Should we pray about what's not happening? Yeah, definitely. But come back to this. Let's start with the focus of what God is doing. <laughs> and I'm guilty of this. I know in my life, I'm so forward-thinking, vision-orientated that I'm always going what God isn't doing and where we're going, where we're not currently at. And part of that's my gifting. But I have to take time to stop and thank God for what he is doing. What is he doing in our church today? What are the miracles right now? Not just what he has for tomorrow, but what is happening today? Thankfulness causes us to focus on what he is doing. Thankfulness is my worship. The third one is found in, and I'll read this to you, but Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Jesus says, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thankfulness, thankfulness gives us heaven's perspective. Who here wants more of heaven's perspective? Oh, I need help on this one. Too much Channel 10 news for me gives me Channel 10's perspective, sometimes too much when I need to remember to have heaven's perspective. I only, you might be the same, I'm guessing you are, but I only stress out when I forget heaven's perspective. And I stress out. My wife will tell you, I'm not, I'm not perfect in this matter at all. She's more chilled than me. I have to remind myself, Benaiah, what is heaven's perspective right now? What does God think about this right now? Even this morning with church, what is God's perspective at heart towards church today? I'm not doing God a favor by being in church right now. No. I'm here as an act of worship, but God is also here wanting to meet with us to deposit something. That can only be done corporately. God can always speak to you privately, but there's always a special anointing when there's corporate yeah. gathering. Yeah. The fourth thing is this, and it's found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, if you want to turn there. This is really cool, this scripture, Philippians 4, verse 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Wait, let's stop there. How challenging is that scripture? Talk about like a goal that's just like rejoice in the Lord. Why couldn't it just say sometimes? Come on, that's a bit more achievable, God. Rejoice in the Lord always. When the tragedy happens, when things that happen that don't make sense and we question the goodness of God because it's so horrendous, the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says this. He goes, wait, wait, I said it once, but let me, again, I say it, rejoice. Because the writer knew how difficult that statement is. You read on. Let everyone come to know your gentleness. 
The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with gratitude. Make a request known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will protect your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Thankfulness causes the atmosphere of heaven to fill our lives. This atmosphere is peace. If you want more peace in your life, you have to remember it comes through thanksgiving. What happens is, when we rejoice in the Lord, again I say rejoice, it says, let everyone come to know your gentleness. I love that. I grew up often thinking that God was angry. You know, if God knows you're angry, you repent. You know, God, God has a heart, you know, it's gentle. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Another absolute statement. Thank you, writer. That's really helpful. In other words, whenever I'm anxious, I'm in disobedience. Ouch. <laughs> so God, help me not be anxious. Then he says, okay, I'll help you. And if I've, ever, if I've ever seen a mass equation in the Bible, it's here. It's all the mathematicians in the room. This is the closest thing I've seen. He says, okay, here's how you not be anxious. This is it. He says, in everything... Plus prayer, plus supplication, which means continually asking, plus thanksgiving, plus your requests. It says the peace of God will come and protect your heart and mind in Christ. <laughs> we come before God, we pray, we don't give up on the prayer, we, we add in thanksgiving. We believe that God will move. We acknowledge him. And peace comes. And who knows, hey, let's be real. If the peace is there, the victory is there. <laughs> Listen, I've seen people, even when they are still unwell, get peace and they live in victory. Even when the healing hasn't happened, there is something amazing about the peace in the moment. That's tweetable, that's Facebooky. The peace is the victory. When the peace comes, the victory is there. In life, fight to find God's peace. When I married my wife, it was primarily based on peace. Every major decision in my life, I've based it upon not me doing the pros and cons, although I still do that. It's not solely based on that. It's not based on the opinion of others. It's based primarily on, do I sense this Philippians 4 peace? How cool is that? In everything, by prayer and petition or thanks, supplication, with thanksgiving, make a request known to God. You think God would already know your requests. And guess what? He does. But there's something honouring about coming before him. I come before you, Father. And I know you know my needs, but I stop and I say, in everything, with prayer, with supplication, with thanksgiving. And thanksgiving is the spice that makes everything. My mother-in-law, Kathy, makes this bolognese. 
And it is incredible bolognese. Why do I would tell you this? We both enjoy it a bit too much, I think. But what happens is there is this sweetness in the bolognese sauce and it's not very Italian. <gasps> Don't tell the Italian family that. And I won't tell you what it is, but it has an Indian heritage. There is an Indian secret ingredient in the spice, in the bolognese, and it makes the bolognese sauce. And I was a poor example, but hey, Thanksgiving is what makes the prayer sweet. <laughs> is this okay this morning? Okay. Thanksgiving is my worship. Thanksgiving repositions our posture to one of trust. Thanksgiving repositions our posture to one of trust. It says in Psalm 100 verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise, be thankful to him and bless his name. For what? The Lord is good, his mercy endures forever, his faithfulness to all generations. Hear that there? To your generation too. His goodness and his faithfulness to all generations. We have to realize, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his course with praise. Be thankful. And then it says, his mercy endures forever and his faithfulness. You know that you can trust a God who is faithful. Thankfulness repositions our heart to one of trust. Number six, thankfulness and praise go hand in hand. Again, we just read that scripture. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Thankfulness and praise, they're twins, they're attached twins. They can join, they can't get rid of each other, they have to hang out all the time. When you're thankful, praise is close. And what does God do, church? God inhabits the praise of his people. Who wants more of God's presence, more of a... Knowing more of knowing his revelation of who he is. Hey, be thankful. Make it a mission, a conviction to be thankful, which leads me on to my next point. You know, thankfulness is an issue of conviction, not feeling. Thankfulness is an issue of conviction and not feeling. Hey, it's easy to be thankful when everything's going great. And by the way, be thankful then. There is something powerful about being thankful when things aren't going great. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says this. Okay, ready, ready for the absolute statement here? Rejoice always. Ay, ay, ay. That is spicy. Is there any room for not rejoicing in the kingdom? No, there's not. Our language should be continually rejoicing. I never understood negative Christians. Apart from the time that I get negative, then I understand. And I get negative because I get discouraged. I get familiar. I get used to my surroundings. I forget about the greatness of God in our midst. Thankfulness is the antidote. Rejoicing always. I've just got to praise my mother-in-law. I, I just want to encourage her because she is someone who lives praise. 
Kathy babysits our, child, our children, our child. Well, we have, a, we have a fur baby too, so our children. We come, we come home. We go out on a date day. Like on Friday, we went out we had a date. Went, went, went to Cupid's, which was great. Anyone been to Cupid's? Great place. Went to Cupid's, came home. Kathy is in tears, thanking us for letting her babysit. Some people you've got to pay. Can you please take the kids today? Please. Just thank you. I just, I'm so overjoyed that I get to spend time with my grandson. I just realized I didn't share the joke of the week, but I'll do it next week. It's all good. It's about mother-in-laws, but I'll do it next week. I've got a flow happening. So here we, here we go. I love this. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Oh, oh pray without ceasing. Gee. In everything, in everything, give thanks. When Queensland wins the state of origin. No, no. <laughs> when you lose the job, when the car blows up, when the relationship breaks down, when the child goes off the rails, in everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus concerning you. How tough. How do we do that though? We do it because in the midst of the storm, we see God. In the midst of the challenge, we know that he is in control. And if he is in control, he will turn all things for the good. He is in control. I can trust him because he is trustworthy. And this is where the Holy Spirit is so beautiful because in our weakness, he helps us. Because you can sit there and a thousand times say over yourself, rejoice always, rejoice always, rejoice always. You might get there, but the Holy Spirit, a touch from him, an encouragement from him, a strengthening from him, that's what he does, helps us. Does that sound good? Sorry, I mean, it's gone a bit long. I'm not sorry, but hey, let's just do it. I nearly finished. We've got 10 points. Number eight. Thankfulness shifts our focus off our problem and onto his goodness. Psalm 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my lips. My soul, my soul, Haley soul, my soul, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from my fears. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. He heard me and he delivered me from my fear. I was struggling. The mountain was there. The, the, the wave was there about to crash down on me. And I stopped and I magnified him like a giant magnifying glass. I went, I'm going to take it off the problem. And I'm going to put it on to him until he is so big and that problem is tiny. Until that problem is under my feet. Until the peace comes. When the peace comes, the victory is there. God, I thank you that I can magnify you. Thankfulness shifts our focus off our problem and onto his goodness. Thank you, Jesus. 
Number nine, we've touched on this, but you know that Thanksgiving is often tested. When it's tested, it becomes a powerful act of worship. And Hebrews 13, 15 says this. It says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly confess his name. A sacrifice of praise. The word sacrifice is really interesting. Sacrifice denotes it costs you. When was the last time that you had to thank God in the midst of a broken heart? Because in that moment, you offer a sacrifice of praise, which is so holy, so beautiful. It makes no sense naturally, but makes complete sense spiritually. I'm just so amazed listening to people's stories and, and you hear it when people go through complete brokenness, when they, they lose something and yet they respond with worship. And they just, and there's something and you hear it in their spirit and there's people, you know, I, um, I, I just, there's people I know and I just hear just the beauty of God. And it's a gentleness and it's a God sustain me. When I lost, I felt everything I worshipped and he met me. When I felt broken, he put me back together. And there's something so amazing about that. That's the Christian I want to hear. That's the one I want to be around. Because when you're in that place, all the religiosity fades away and all that matters is the name of Jesus. The goodness of Christ. The the fact that he sustains us. Amen. (laughs) That's actually 11 11 points, but... Number 10, Thanksgiving often precedes the breakthrough. That's for someone here. Thanksgiving often precedes the breakthrough. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 21, I love this. It says after, it's 2 Chronicles 20, 21, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat, what a name, appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. The army of God was there. Jehoshaphat says, send the worshippers forward. And then follow it up with the soldiers. Send the worshippers forward. Thankfulness often precedes the breakthrough. If you're needing breakthrough today, go ahead of it with thanksgiving. Forge ahead with thanksgiving. If there's people in our church right now who aren't in this service and they need to hear this, get this point. Send them the podcast or just quote me. Thanksgiving often precedes the breakthrough. But who knows that when you need the breakthrough, Thanksgiving is often the last thing you want to do. Often you want to just sit in the hole we're digging or the hole of life. I'm going to just plonk myself in the hole. I'm just going to sit here and feel sorry for myself because that's the... I feel better doing that. I'm going to put on all by myself. Don't want to be all by myself. I was going to sit here, put on the ballots, and just listen to and just. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Celine Dion, whoever it was. No, let Thanksgiving rise. Hey, the last one is this. I love this, and then we're going to do something thankful in a second. Thanksgiving makes a moment here on earth echo through eternity. Thanksgiving makes a moment here on earth echo through eternity. Just going to take some gladiator quote right there and just apply it. 
Luke 17, 17. And you've heard me preach on this if you've been in our church for a while. Jesus heals the lepers. They all go off healed. Yes, I can hang out with my family again. Yes, I've got breakthrough. I made whole and then one comes back. Jesus says this in Luke 17, 17. He says, Jesus asks, we're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give thanks or to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Wait, but wasn't he already well? (laughs) You know that that there well is a spiritual wellness. The The other nine had a physical wellness, a physical moment in the moment. The one came back and he was thankful and it took that physical miracle and it caused it to echo because he went from being physically healed to now spiritually healed. That should be enough for you to go, oh my goodness, Thanksgiving is my worship. I'm going to be the most thankful. I'm going to out-thank Kathy. But you know that thankfulness comes from a place when you genuinely know where you've come from. I'm thankful because I know where I came from. I know my brokenness. I know my failings. I know the grace of Christ has shown for me. I know what it's like to be alone. I know what it's like to feel completely broken and yet Christ made a way for me. And I will refuse to be the other nine that don't come back and say thank you. And you've got to understand, being in church for 35 years now, the statistics of this hold up. One out of 10 will say thank you. One out of 10 in this room will come and say thank you to the band for leading us in worship. Thank you to the preacher for taking time to minister. Thank you to the COVID guys who are trying their best. Thank you to whoever in the cafe, whatever it is. I want to stop and say thank you to the kids' workers who miss, you know, who often miss out on this because they're in there ministering. Will you be the one church? And will we be the church that is the one? Will we be the ones who are convicted? about thanksgiving and understand that when we're thankful, we worship God. When we're thankful, we acknowledge the goodness of God. Will we be the church that stops being familiar? You know, church splits happen because someone gets familiar with the pastor. Oh, you're my brother. Hey, pat on the back. Oh, me and you, I'm not the same as you. You know why I'm not the same? Because I have to give a double judgment for you. I have to give a double judgment. Therefore, my responsibility is double yours. Please pray for me. I'm not Brother Benoit, pat on the back. Pray for me. <laughs> Seriously, it is a heavy, the Bible says, uh, it says leaders, those who teach and preach, deserve double honour. Why? Because they carry double responsibilities. Why do we have a refresh offering where we're going to bless families and pastors' families and pastors' couples? Because in 10 years, that one couple said, in 10 years of ministry, your card and your gift voucher was the kindest thing we've ever received from anybody. What a tragedy. But we can be the one. 
We can be the one leper, the healed leper. We can be the church that says, thank you. Listen, last week, I'm going to finish with this. Last week, you heard me say, let's be the most refreshing people on the planet. When you encounter someone, hey, every time you encounter someone, the question is this, do they walk away? One of three things happen, by the way, whenever you encounter someone. They either walk away the same, they either walk away worse, or they walk away better. Choose better. Choose encouragement. Choose a smile. Choose, I was speaking to someone the other day and they said, oh, we're talking about generosity. And they said, yeah, I started paying for people's tables in restaurants. So they were in Collie's the other day and he said, he was there and he said, you know what? When you pay for his meal, I want to pay for that table too. And the table couldn't handle it. No, he's paid for. He was a well of refreshing. See what I, it's just something different. When you go through Maccas, if you go to Maccas, pay for the car behind. But let it start at home. Make sure when you're walking out, thank the guys on the sound desk to come out every week early to make the Zoom work, to make the sound work. Thank Ange and Watto on the kids who continually, Ange would so love often to be here and she's over there teaching and giving her best. Yeah. But listen, go up to Ange and start to clap. Because she can't hear it. What I could hear it, so you could go and clap on behalf of everybody else. But that's part of the point. Like often we're thankful in our hearts, but unless it's expressed, we lose a lot of the power of it. I mean, thankfulness starts in the heart, but expression is so important. Let's be so intentional. And by doing so, we create this atmosphere of honour, an atmosphere of hunger, an atmosphere of it's a privilege to be in church together. Not do I like my pastors or not. What? What a privilege to be here this morning. You know, some churches still can't do this. They still aren't getting together. We can see each other. Before you go home today, encourage someone. Social distancing, one and a half metres, but encourage somebody. Encourage my wife. Pastors' wives are some of the most lonely people because everyone that they connect with, they feel like they are giving to. It's a very, very unique thing. Love her. Pray for her. Give her grace. Cover her. Why? Because it's important. Pray for me. Look out for me. Make sure our pastors are healthy. Make sure we're looked after. Why? Because most of my week is dealing with unhappy people. And it sucks. I want to be dealing with testimonies. Dealing with people who are thankful. People who aren't whingy. Stop whinging. Gee. Let's be thankful. Let's be thankful. We have so much to be thankful for. Oh, and then I'll, I just, I'll finish with this example. I, I was just so challenged yesterday. I, I love documentaries. Any documentary lovers here? I, love, I just absolutely, I can, I podcast all the time and I documentary watch all the time. I enjoy, and there was one documentary I was watching and I've realized something, that since having a son, I get very messed up very easily with anything to do with children and dads and their sons and 
America's Got Talent makes me cry every time. <laughs> and I'm unashamed about that. It just as always, you know, dad there and his kids are in the crowd. You can do it, dad. And he's there to cry on his behalf. And the son's up there and the dad's in the crowd. Oh, my goodness. Messes me and shouts to the, ooh. Like, Where's my son? I need to go pick him up and hold him. And he's like, ew. Like, and I was watching this thing and there was this, it was these, these people and, they were, in the, and they, they were in the slums of the country they live in. They had a son just like there. And he was asleep, this little boy. And he had dirt all over his face. And his parents couldn't get jobs. And he was sleeping literally in a shack. And I said to Charlotte, I just went, we are so blessed. Like we, we are so, so blessed. We can have, give our son a bath every night. He has a bottle in his mouth. When the rain comes, yeah, we had one leak last week, but the rest is pretty good. And I just kept saying to Charlotte, we are blessed and we are going to be declaring thanksgiving. And I've just been so overwhelmed. Just, I'm just so thankful, God. I'm so thankful. I'm just so thankful. Even us this morning, like the fact you're sitting in weird seats right now, a team has worked their butt off to try and make this place safe for you. And our COVID team with their purple, uh, pink vests on, they're working hard. We're, we're trying to do our best. But we're so blessed. I just want to share one encouragement. Uh, Grace. Grace. Uh, if you haven't met Grace, now, Grace, I sat down the other day with a bunch of the young people and Grace was sharing her story. At some point, you've got to hear her story. She's up from Sydney and was listening to our podcast from March last year, was it? What? May last year. So she would do her church and then she would, can't, couldn't wait for our podcast to hear what God was doing in our church down on the south coast to the point where when it wasn't uploaded, she would get upset. And, and, and she's now moved her whole life, she's from New Zealand, her whole life, moved to Nara just to be a part of our church. Now, oh, it's amazing. We pray prayers, God send the laborers in. God sends someone from New Zealand to Sydney to the south coast. Mark Nahara, the same deal. He moved his whole life to Nara just to be in our church. Felissa, remember Felissa who went back to Germany? There's somebody else as well, I can't remember. There's a fourth one. Car- Carlotta. All these international, they just they come and they plant themselves here and then they go home and they just can't wait just to hear the podcast. And then we come to church here and go, oh, 20 minutes late sometimes. <laughs> so I don't like this, don't like that. Exactly, Adrian. Exactly. Sounded just like your dad then. Exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, Dave's great. No. So this is how we're going to finish today. We're going to just do some worship, but the worship is going to look like this. What I want you to do, we're going to hand out bits of, they're called Thanksgiving forms. They're for you to keep. But we're going to take 10 minutes. 
where I want you to actually write down on that in reflection, in an attitude. Remember, worship is the posture of the heart. Sit there with the Holy Spirit and go, Thanksgiving is my worship right now. I'm going to worship God by being thankful. And I want you to write down, and this is, I'm going to give you a little bit of direction. I want you to write down, how many names are on that list, by the way? Is it five? Five. I want you to write down five people who have impacted you in your spiritual walk. And then you have homework, and your homework is this. This week, I want you to contact all five, and I want you to thank them. If that's a card, if it's an email, if it's a, if it's a coffee, if it's whatever it is, find a way to acknowledge, be the one. Be the one leper that came back. Yeah? On the back of that form, if you want to write down other things you're thankful for, you can do that as well. But let's come back to being thankful for who God has placed in our life, throughout our life, to help us grow in our walk with God. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.